Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What up, guys? Okay, when I was a kid, I actually had a grown man pat me on the head and say young girls don't talk unless they're spoken to. Now, I don't know if you've had that experience, but being taught that I need to stay quiet, being taught that no one wants to hear me, being taught that my voice isn't valued was something that I've had to freaking overcome for so long. That's why I'm so excited to talk to today's guest, Milk. Now, guys, if you don't know who she is, she's the incredibly inspiring musician who wrote the song Quiet that became the Billboard number one protest song of the year and became the anthem of 2017's Women's March, where she sung it in front of millions and millions of women around the freaking globe. Her powerful voice where she finally speaks up about no longer staying quiet, about how the hell she is relentless. The song about how she finally found her voice, how she became brave enough to open up her mouth and actually start speaking up is exactly what today's episode is about. She talks about the greatest lies that we tell ourselves. She also explains that she was able to find her voice finally after she was trapped in an abusive pattern and how that actually broke Milk's sense of self-worth and homie, you too can do this strategy right now. So on this two-part episode with my girl Milk, let's dive in and find our voice together. But before we do, guys, I want to let you know about some extra impact if you want some. So I've got this incredible listening experience with women of extra impact subscription on Apple Podcasts. Guys, there's zero ads and you can get exclusive curated playlists on essential topics that we need to be talking about and hearing about, like health, confidence and relationships. So go subscribe right now to Apple Podcasts and get your first week utterly and absolutely free. Now, let's dive in to us finding a voice with milk. That was not love. I don't know what that was. That was trauma that was un- unhealed. For me, I started feeling like my world was getting smaller and smaller. I felt very suffocated. And the average amount of times it takes a person to leave an abusive relationship, do you know how many times it is? I want to start with some lyrics that you wrote that just knock me for six. It's from a song, I Don't Belong to You. Mm. That's not how love should be. No, I don't. I don't belong to you. I'm no puppet on a string. I'm no slave to your bed. I've got my own life and it's high time I live it. The decisions I'm making, they're not yours to make for me because I don't. I don't belong to you. That really hit me. And I want to know, how did you come to the acknowledgement or how did you realize that that wasn't actually what love is because there's so many people listening right now they're in that situation they actually believe that is what love is Mm. I had a couple of a couple of relationships in my life that were abusive and toxic Um, one of them when I was 14 so when I was 14 I didn't have the vocabulary to understand but fast forward um, to now one of my good friends, Krista, she says, it's a really good question to ask ourselves if our world expands or shrinks when we're with this person. It's like a good marker. And so I think 
for me, I started feeling like my world was getting smaller and smaller. I felt very suffocated and it was a natural instinct, primal instinct to want to like kind of push through and break through. But the question is, do I deserve to break through? Is this my fault? Um, and am I able to, um, those, those few questions kind of haunted me before I took action. I actually reached out for like a, an act of desperation asking for help from people who were like in charge of taking care of me, but they didn't understand the dynamics and it ended up becoming another layer of kind of oppression because they thought me choosing to be in this relationship, I brought the, I brought those things onto myself. Mm. So I didn't realize in the, while I was in the abusive relationship when I was 14, that that wasn't love. Um, it took me time to figure that out. Um, and what helped me figure it out was 14 years after that of standing in my own way, not reaching out to the friends that I thought were the best, coolest people. I was like, oh, I'm not good enough for them. Like literally there was this, I, I tell Ellen, Ellen Doby, I talk about her a lot because Ellen Doby lived on the same floor of me in college. I thought she was the nicest, smartest, funniest, most wholesome person I'd ever met. And when it came time to, you know, ask people to room with them, like live outside of the dorms, live in our own apartments, I, I um, automatically thought I can't do that. I can't ask Ellen to be my roommate because then she's going to see how broken I am. So if you have 14 years of that type of thinking, eventually there was a side of me and I don't know what that side is, how that side survived, but there was a side of me that said, is this right? Like, do I deserve more? Like I had the audacity to ask myself that question. I didn't know the answer, but I wanted to find out. And so that's when I started like, maybe, okay, maybe I'll reach out to Ellen Doby now. Maybe it, even though it's like four years out of college, I'm going to call her. I'm going to tell her like, that's how I felt about her. But I was just too nervous to ask her to be my roommate. I'm going to try to make these amends. And then, you know, bravery is like this muscle. And then I started like getting braver and braver and then building better relationships with healthy, loving people. And I was like, oh, this is what love is. That was not love. I don't know what that was. That was trauma that was un unhealed and just spilling all over everybody. And I still have friends that are in really harmful relationships. And my tactic now as a friend is to not judge at all. There's no judgment of where he or she is at. It's more reminding my friend that they have agency they have choice that's like the greatest lie is we don't have a choice yeah where do you think that comes from like is that do you think that that's just a belief system that we've adopted since childhood or do you think it is a um situations that we've encountered that then lead us to believe that's a great question i think that like there are some people who can make us feel bad for feeling a certain way and will or changing our minds, for example, you know, have you ever like been in a conversation where you had previously decided that you wanted to do X, but then a month later you want to do Y and they're like, well, you said you wanted to do X and it's like a whole inconvenience or something. It's like, but I'm allowed to change my mind. You know, that's okay. I didn't know it was okay for me to change my mind for a lot of my life. Um, so I had to learn that skill and I just have to grieve like, okay, I did have 14 years where there was so much that I just didn't think I deserved. And, um, and I, I hold all those 14 years with such like 
it, that's my reason for living now is like my purpose. And we are aligned in purpose because you literally have in your thesis uh, wanting to serve 14 year old girls. Like mm-hmm. I was 14 when that happened to me. So this is like very mind blowing for me right now. But my goal is to help people minimize that amount of time that they don't think they're worthy to. Yeah, go like that. That haunts me to think. And that's why I'm always, every time I'm doing an interview, I'm like, what is the thing that we can say right now that is going to snap somebody, not to necessarily change their life immediately. It's never freaking easy. It took you 14 years and I assume you're still on the journey. Oh yeah. But like that, that, that catalyst, Mm -hmm. that freaking fire of lighting that match to let somebody know that there's a fire inside of you because it's been dissipated for so many years. Yes. Yeah, so the average amount of times it takes a person to leave an abusive relationship, do you know how many times it is on average? Oh, God. You... Four? Seven. Oh. So I, I actually uh, recently just went through this with a dear friend who was in a relationship and you kind of watch them go back, but you kind of have to just stay on hold and just wait for them to be ready. But she's left now. Mm. But it took, it took a few times and I had to discipline myself. And this is where Miley taught me. She was like, you, you have to just, just stand strong. No judgment. Remind her she has choices. And that's, it's, if you start projecting what you think she should do all the time, making her feel bad about it, she's going to disappear from your life. Mm. And so. So that's, that's powerful actually on that. Even if you do want someone to help themselves or if you want to help someone, not forcing them, but being there for them. But what about the other side? So you actually mentioned right mm-hmm. at the beginning that you did turn to people in your life and mm-hmm. they basically said like, it's on you. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you <laughs> now looking back when you were silenced? Cause I do believe that that's what that was. Yeah. How do you work through that silence? And then how did you? find your voice and what a freaking incredible voice it is. Mm, okay. So I'm going to say a few things that are a bit unexpected on how to navigate that silencing. So to, I, I think about um, heat and I think about joy. Okay. So I'll start with heat. So in my body, when I encounter uncomfortable scenarios, I feel a heat in my life. Sometimes when I feel excitement, I feel a heat. I feel these things in my body and I was trained after I got sexually assaulted, I come, I became a floating head. Right. And I just didn't have a body. I just couldn't even acknowledge that I had a body because it's too much. Um, but then slowly, but surely I started, my body started screaming at me and I would get acid reflux. So that's heat. Right. And I, I, I would get like tense knots in my shoulders. I would get migraines. And so my body's communicating with me. And so learning to read my body and the heat and just to ask, I don't need to necessarily know what it is, but just be like, oh, my body's saying something. I think that is one of the very first steps of like helping to reclaim one's voice is to actually reacquaint oneself with our bodies. Um, and so the second thing is, is pleasure and joy. So when, um, when we found out that Roe v. Wade got overturned, a lot of my, a lot of my girlfriends and I were in mourning. But immediately what we did, we said, let's go on a road trip. And we decided to plan this joyous kind of road trip because we're like, we can't let these systems take our joy because what what else do we have? So pleasure and joy, like these actual things of like, they can help us reintegrate with our bodies and remind us like, oh, we, we are full humans that deserve this. So I know that's like a big leap, but 
little moments of comfort, even like deciding to give myself um, extra time because I used to tutor. I would like, instead of driving straight to my client's place to teach, teach them, I would take the long way so I could go look at the ocean. Just like gifting myself like that, just starting these little, little gifts. And then eventually I started gifting myself of calling Ellen Doby mm-hmm. and being like, man, I thought you were so cool in college. I just like didn't have the confidence. She even asked me to be her roommate and I said no. Oh, what? Yeah. So that's what? actually, yes. <laughs> that's even worse. That's even worse. Oh, Isn't that crazy? The amounts of limitations we put on ourselves like are, are insane. Like I... I think about like, you know, like it's like Alice in Wonderland, you know, she gets really too big for the house. She grows out mm-hmm. of it. I think about that image all the time. Like I was containing myself mm. in this little box and we're so many people are doing that, like walking around the streets. I'm like, who is actually living their full potential or who's in their boxes right now? You know, I'm always curious mm. about that. Oh, dude, this is so powerful. I just like to go back actually to the heat and joy thing yeah. for a second. Because as you were describing, I was like, they're so powerful. And yet sometimes they almost, they seemed a little contradictory. So for instance, whereas like you were saying about Roe versus Wade, like I assume you're, you're freaking pissed and you're mad and you're upset and mm-hmm. you're angry. But that's your body saying it. But you mm-hmm. actually chose to ignore the body's response and choose joy. I chose to. So that's, a, I'm so glad you brought that up because, okay, anger, I was taught to, just totally abandon my relationship with anger. I'm in my thirties and I'm just reacquainting with what anger is because I was taught situation creates me, creates me feeling angry, immediately hop to reconciliation, forgiveness, compassion. Mm. Is that culturally? Is that what you were taught? I think, yeah, maybe I, I wonder, is it culturally? Is it my family? Is it my gender? I don't know. But whatever it is, the special cocktail of my life has taught me to leapfrog over anger and what it has done and it made me vulnerable to a lot of toxic relationships but now the anger oh I expressed that anger but I did it through creativity Mm. so I think it's important for especially women and also just like any people who have felt like oppressed like the LGBTQ community like people of color it's there there's this importance for us to acknowledge anger Anger is a really good, like, it's like a, if you look at a lighter, it's like that spark. Mm. If we keep sparking, it's going to burn us. But if you let the anger just spark and tell you information, then you can take that energy and then put it into something constructive. Mm. So angry song. So I wrote, um, we won't go back. And I ended up opening it to my fan base and saying like, a lot of us feel powerless right now, but can you write some lyrics and write this song with me? So my fans wrote a song with me because again, choice. I have a choice. I'm going to choose what lyric I want to use to express how pissed I am, but it's not like this sense of anger to, to damage my own body. It's something that I put into art. That's why art is so powerful. It's like we can construct it into here. It doesn't harm anyone. And it actually makes something new. Mm. And it actually then can connect me with someone else. Oh, that's so freaking powerful. Um, I love your art. And then as you talk about using that for um, almost your, your healing... And you were talking, you were telling me just before we started rolling that you were practicing on the guitar during COVID and just like one chord at a time. And that idea from a mindset standpoint is exactly like that is literally the thing that people need to do in my belief in to make a change, mm-hmm. right? Everyone thinks it has to be this a whole overhaul or, mm-hmm. you know, um, perfection. But that one little drip every single day. 
And I heard you say like one step towards bravery. Um, and you gave an example in an interview I had where you said like, even being brave, just saying, you know what? I actually don't like that restaurant we go to every day. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> tell me about that. Because again, when I go to the tools that people can use as they're listening, mm-hmm. these little tools of finding bravery to find your voice, to speak up, to leave that relationship or whatever it is. When people don't believe they can, if they have the insecurity or they're not confident, how do they start? Mm. Just telling someone to start doesn't help. What up, guys? Now I'm going to share something with you. I can sometimes have a tendency to overthink, question myself, and sometimes, or maybe very often, doubt the decisions I've made. And so my mind just starts spiralling round and around. Does that sound familiar? Well, let's face it. When it comes to hiring people on your team, the pressure to make the right choice, the right hire, and the right person is even bigger. The stakes are so freaking high, so you need to actually make sure that you have the right tools to help you find the right people so that your team can actually have clarity and work with utter confidence. And that's why, honestly, you've got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, let me repeat that, a billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. And their simple tools make it so easy for you to filter candidates that actually have the skills and experience you are looking for, which saves you time. It's the one thing you're never going to get back is time. So hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So guys, go check them out. LinkedIn jobs can actually help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So go and post your job for absolutely free, guys, at linkedin.com slash Lisa. Once again, guys, that's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. Now, we've all had that one friend who chimes in with the old adage, if it's right, it should be easy advice when we're having relationship problems. But from my experience, homie, that's not at all true. Whether it's romantic, friendships or professional or relationships, All relationships require that you put the time and effort into growing and developing that relationship. And the best, most rewarding relationships happen when both people are willing to put in the freaking hard work to make that happen. I mean, that's certainly been mine and my husband of 21 years motto. So my homie, when you do actually face challenges in your relationship, therapy can be a great place to feel heard and work through it. And there's no easier or more convenient place to get started with therapy than with BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp is 100% online and flexible to fit wherever and however crazy your schedule is. Because that's the important part, that you can absolutely have BetterHelp navigate your current life with the bandwidth that you have. And all you have to do is answer a few questions to get matched with the therapist that actually can best help you and be catered to you. So guys, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. So go visit betterhelp.com slash women today to get 10% off your first month. That's help, H-E-L-P dot com slash women.
Right, right. I I would say it starts with noticing, just like noticing, like okay, when am I actually not speaking my truth? It could be like the bar- barista spells your name incorrectly on the cup. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'll let that go. And then your boss like pronounces your cousin's name incorrectly. Okay, I'll let that go. Like, th- what what little things are we letting go? Just noticing and not judging. Like that's the that's the part where it's like, please don't judge yourself. Just notice it because it becomes information. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We all do it. I still do it and I have to catch myself. But there are times where like I will I will go out of my way to like correct something but do it out of my own style. Like we can all create our own style. You know, like we talk about fashion, like okay, what are we going to wear? What colors do I like? What kind of materials look good on me? What cuts look good on me? It's like what kinds of words feel good coming out of my mouth mm-hmm. when I have a confrontation? Like uh, so I, we can design phrases. It'll be like, Hey, I know it's like not the f- most fun to talk about. Like that was a phrase I used. So I was like, it's not the most fun to talk about, but I need to talk to you about something. I started developing these, like, it's just developing vocabulary slowly, but surely like how I learned the guitar where I learned one chord a week. That's it. One chord a week. I think the gift of learning music has taught me all my music teachers. Every music teacher always says, slow down. Slow, slow, slow down. Everybody wants to be able to play the concerto or play that rock song, but it's like, you got to slow it down and just play one chord at a time. So in our lives, if we're trying to become braver, it's like, just allow yourself to just notice and then give yourself time. If the barista spells your, spells your name wrong, maybe you practice there and be like, oh, actually it's two ends and not one. Maybe you got a little nervous, you know, maybe it was a little more time, but, but then like, the relationship with the self starts getting affirmed, you know, and it feels so good. Like, okay. Cause eventually we can start trusting ourselves again. And that was something I lost when I was in an abusive relationship. When I got out, I was like, how do I trust myself? I let myself get into this position. So what, what was it about me that got me into this position? And then my relationship with self was just so decimated and then with these little acts, it's like I'm, it's almost like I'm courting myself again. No, like learning that. to fall in love with myself again and building a relationship. And I think recently I'm starting to get a place where like we're, we're buddies. Like I'll be hanging out with myself. And I'm like, Hey, buddy, you know, <laughs> yeah. I have on my alarm clock. Um, um, I put, you can put titles on your alarms, right? Yeah. And I put good morning, bestie. Oh. <laughs> and it's like the smallest little thing, but. It helps me. Uh, I chuckle to myself. I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a nerd. And also, I am my bestie. Like, I'm my bestie. I love that so much because honestly, I'm such a like, I have such a thirst for tactics and tips that I can mm. use in my life because I have a cycle. So there are days where I feel really shitty. There are days that I feel very happy. I feel overwhelmed sometimes. Mm-hmm. I get hangry. Right. So, like, <laughs> like, these are all real things that as women, not as women, as people, we just have to deal with all the freaking time. Yeah. And so when you have to deal with these situations where maybe you're not showing up as your best self, what are the tactics you can do or use to implement in your life so that you can improve? And so what are those tactics? Those small little things mm-hmm. instead of the big, go meditate for hours, yeah. go to a retreat. <laughs> got the time for that yeah but the thing that you're talking about 
are the things that I think people can listen, who listen right now can actually implement in their lives on the daily. Yeah, you know, the other thing I've done is I have an album. You know, we can make albums in our phones. Um, and so I, I screenshot messages from fans, but it could be text messages from family, friends that are just encouraging. I screenshot them and I put it into an encouragement album. And so that I can go into it when I'm feeling low, like I can go and just be like, okay, I'm not alone. Like people do care about me. I'm not like, like, cause that's very important is like when we start having the illusion that we don't matter and it doesn't matter, then that's when things can get really scary. And I know that feeling. So I like to have these things that tether me back and be like, okay, no, you know, Melissa liked that song or, you know, just, just little things like that. That's, um, and breathing breathing like daily for me just like meditation there are times where I did like consistent meditation 10 minutes every day and there's been phases where I've fallen off but I do just like even a couple breaths and I say to myself so hum which is I am Mm -hmm. in Sanskrit and so that helps me I am I am I just am I am happy I am sad I am stressed I am just I am and then just a, a couple deep breaths. And I do that with my audiences too. When I play, it's really selfishly for me because I'm like feeling all this energy, but I have my audience take a deep breath with me and it's the best feeling ever. Just one deep breath. It's great. Oh, I love that so much. And speaking of I am, I heard you say that you actually put um, your songs into three buckets. I am, I can't, and I want. Mm, Break nice. those down for me, homie, because that was so beautiful. And again, everything you talk about is so on point for mindset on anything people are struggling with. Yeah, yeah. So it's so interesting. I, if I were to take a bird's eye view and look at my writing career in the beginning, um, like as I started becoming professional, I noticed that a lot of my songs were the, the songs that I won't, I can't, I don't belong to you, all these things, because I had to establish, I was trying desperately to establish my own space. It's like, Mm. you know, like building a garden. It's like, okay, do we, maybe we do have to put a little fence up. So, you know, the cute rabbits don't get to our lettuce, you know, like things like that. So I had to create boundary songs, but without, without singing, I can't, I, I, I couldn't really think about like what I want. And that's the next step. Like, what do I want? You know, cause some, there was a writer that like said, he's like, Oh, I really want you to write your I am song. And I was like, Oh man, I don't even know if I can write my I am song yet because I haven't spent enough time thinking about my I want songs. You know, what do I want? I don't know. Like, do I want to go to Arizona and like climb the Red Rocks or do I, I don't know, want to go to Manhattan and be in the city? Am I a city girl? Am I a country girl? Like, I don't know. So I had to explore the I wants. And I want is a really energizing and magnetic place to be. The more I think about what I want and talk and, and pursue what I want, the more I attract those similar people who are doing the same thing. And it's so generative. It's so creative. Um, the I can't was very important for me. And it also helped me to connect with people who are also learning to defend themselves, to protect their time and just say enough is enough, which is very important too. Mm. I think now I'm starting to integrate all of the sides and just be fully integrated, like joyfully full. And I think that's the maturity of a songwriter um, and maybe artist and maybe as a woman too, is like, okay, there's going to be days that I know what I want. There's going to be days I know what I don't want. And there's going to be days that I know who I am. And there's going to be days where I don't want to know who I am. And I just want to be a blank slate and like fig- and just let life teach me, you know? 
uh, so strong. So if someone was listening, if they let assume they're not a songwriter, but um, what order would they put that in then? Would it be I can't, I want, I am? Is that the right order? Yeah, I can't, I want, I am. That was for me. And maybe some other people lived a certain way and the order is switched around. But for me, I... I couldn't even think about what I wanted until I set the boundaries. Yeah, it's fascinating because as I was, so I can't is very strong because I think that once you start to dig in deep of like the things that are painful, you even said earlier, right? Like, how does this make you feel? So I think that that feeling normally it's like, oh, this doesn't feel good. So you could start to identify all the things that don't feel good and then assign those to the I can't. But I found very interesting that you put the I want before I am, because I would think in my head before I heard your explanation that, well, you can't necessarily know what you want in the future if you don't know who you are today. Mm. But actually, your way is super freaking genius because what you're saying is, well, just desire. What are the things that make your heart sing? And now actually that tells you something about yourself that yes. you may not be able to identify. Yes, because pleasure and joy, um, desire, those are all great compasses to, to guide us. And I think when I think about social change, there are things that are difficult to talk about and there's also the tools of joy and pleasure and desire. And when we frame things that way, oh, I want a world where, you know, everyone has access to the same books. That's much more energizing than fighting against some, you know, a, a force that's trying to keep books out of schools, mm. like focusing on the wants and the positives, we can attract people on the same vision and then we can head there together. Mm. I love that. It's kind of like, I mean, you know how to do that because you've run, you've run businesses. It's like having a, having a consolidated vision that everyone can go to. It's like, once that vision is clear and everyone's on the same page of going there, it's like nothing, nothing can, can get in the way. You know? Yes, but I think it's easier in business because you don't have your own emotions wrapped up in it. Mm. You don't have the belief system of that you're not good enough. It's like yeah. your business doesn't give a shit if you're good enough or not. Either you do or you don't, right? right? Either you show up and you figure out the problem or you don't. And so if you don't believe you're good enough, the business doesn't care. So, but with yourself, it's mm. a very different game, which is why I always love to talk mm. about mindset because the business side of things to me can be binary, Right. But when you That's set a insightful. goal with your heart, right, I want to do this. I want this joy. And then all the flooding comes in of your belief system, of the expectations that maybe you've had when you were a child. Me being Greek Orthodox, right? You can't marry a guy who's not Greek Orthodox, right? Mm -hmm. You can't leave your country. You can't say, you know, no to your dad. All these expectations may have kept me exactly there. Even if I had said my goal was to marry this amazing man and move to America, so I'd actually love to talk about um, the expectations you have had set on your life. Um, obviously, being such an incredibly successful singer, um, I assume as a kid that you weren't necessarily, people weren't like, yes, you're going to be an amazing singer. Um, talk to me about the expectations that your family set on you and then how you broke free. Because the breaking free is, I think, the very important part. Um, and then if you don't mind also discussing your husband and your family dynamic. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so... Um, my family, uh, came from extreme poverty. My, my, my mom and dad have seen it all. Like they both have seen poverty and then they've seen great success and they've also seen everything in the middle. And so my parents' desire is for me to be safe and to be 
to be okay. And so that's the foundation of all of it. All of it, of course, comes from love and their own experience. And I think me pursuing a profession that is based on art was just like mind blowing to them. They're like, no, like you need to do something with skills that can help people and that there there will always be a demand for it. Mm -hmm. Like get into law, get into medicine, you know? And I remember my dad, I don't know if he'll remember this, but I remember distinctly in our living room, he looked at me one time. He's like, you know, Connie, there are some people in this world that are so, they see the world so differently that they end up deciding to live outside of the structure. And he was like, don't become that. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, okay, dad. Like I was just hanging out, but it stuck with me because I was like, is he saying I am that? Um, and I, I think probably, I think, I think he noticed that I looked at the world differently and that worried him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to UC Berkeley. I, I, I was supposed to go to med school and I was going to think, I was thinking of doing law school, but I could feel, again, this is the gift of my body. I'm so grateful. My body has led and taught me through, like, through so many things because my body would make me fall asleep when I'd studied for, like, law tests, like the LSAT. And my body would show me, like, if I'm in the studio, I could go for 18 hours straight. And I was like, oh, interesting. So I do like working. It's just a specific type of work. Um, so when I followed that, it was hard. It was hard. Um, it caused like some rifts. I've, I've always been the one that causes like some rifts within the family. Um, not causes, but like I initiate these, these confrontations of dynamic. Is that Um, because you're going against the grain? Yes. I'm going against the grain. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think, I think even now, the way I want to live my life and stuff is still something that my parents don't fully understand, but I know there's deep, deep love and desire to understand the journey to getting there is just, I have to learn how to not want to change them. Mm. Um, because that's what I wish for myself, right? I wish for my parents to not want to change me. So I need to just fully not want to change them either. And that's okay that they see me in a certain way. And it's kind of changed the game. Once I stopped like defending my stance and just being like, okay, that's what you feel. And I love you anyway. It's changed everything. Now, now there's more questions of like, okay, who is this? Who is this daughter we have? Because I'm no longer chasing. I'm going to attract, I'm in the, I'm, I say it every day, actually. Maybe that's my new mantra is like, I'm in the age of attracting, not chasing. Mm, I love that. Now, when you're out there trying to build and grow your business, but you have so much going on in other areas of your life, be it with your family or your romantic partner or your homies, whatever else you've got going on, you need to be using the best tools available to save time and actually see growth in your company this year, right? And that's why, guys, I really recommend that you go and check out Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're just starting out, selling badass necklaces online, or scaling your high-end beauty products to physical stores. Shopify's got you covered, my homie, and their award-winning customer support is ready to help you at every step of your journey. Because let's face it, when you get stuck, you need help. Now, what I love about Shopify is that you can make the most of your time and sell more with less effort. Who doesn't love that? Now you actually have time for self-care, which, let's face it, is super freaking important. 
Now, with this built-in AI and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to take your business to the next level. It's actually no surprise, guys, that Shopify powers 10% of all, all e-commerce in the US. That's insane. So sign up for only $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash Lisa. Now grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Lisa. When you're working really hard to build the freaking amazing life and career that you want, it's sadly really easy to push your health needs to the back burner. And guys, listen, I totally get it because not all that long ago, that was me. I put everything into my business, everything into my goals and my family. And yep, I totally ignored my own health and wellness. And so I just learned the very hard way that putting your well-being first is actually the key to being a confident, unfreaking stoppable badass in everything that you do. So my homie, put yourself first and get mentally and physically strong with Aloe Moves, your go-to app for everything from meditation to yoga to strength training to hit and so much more. And I love how Allo Move has such a wide variety of class types and levels to keep you motivated with whatever you need on your journey. No matter what your path is, it's time to make a move with Allo Moves. So right now, guys, you can go and get a free 30-day Allo Moves subscription by going to allomoves.com and use code WOI30. That's Allo, A-L-O, moves.com, code WOI30 in all caps. Allomoves.com, code WOI30, all caps. I've got a difficult question for you. Please, yeah. What do you think they would be like if you weren't successful? I think there'd be a lot more conversations about me considering a more realistic job of waking up. Um, I mean, that still comes up sometimes. Does you know? it really? <laughs> like, I give up this music stuff. <laughs> I think they, they've let it go. I think I made the, I think I passed the mark like a couple years ago and I've, I've been safe of those comments. Um, they, they, I, my, my mom and my dad did say to me like recently, they're very impressed with my resilient, like my persistence. Mm. Like, and I, I have zero complaints about my, my profession. It's really hard, but I'm never bored and I love it. Like I'm always learning and I feel very much alive and engaged and challenged. Mm. Um, so my, my mom acknowledged that she's like, I never hear one complaint from you about your journey and you're still doing it. So I don't know. That's so cool. The reason why I ask is because the success isn't guaranteed. It isn't. Right. But the journey and the struggle is. And so anytime Mm -hmm. that you're going to go against the grain with your family or expectations that you have, um, it's going to be difficult. And I don't want to pretend that it, oh, oh, it magically goes away once you Mm -hmm. get older. And so um, you know, me too, where my husband, white guy from Tacoma, goes to visit my Greek father to ask for his blessing to marry me. Um, to marry me. My dad said no. And so the, the past 20 years have been to prove my father that Tom was right and that he could take care of me, quote unquote. Now, the thing is, is that we've now been married for 20 years and we have had a successful company. We have. <laughs> so the, the, the result is like, oh my God, my dad loves Tom now more than me. And every time I call him, he's like, how's Tom? Right? Like, that's actually true. But it's through the success of the marriage. It's through the success of having built a business together. But what if I did get divorced after five years? Mm-hmm. And I w- don't want people to just stop only if it's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Even if my marriage had failed five years in, 
I think it's important to remind yourself that you don't live for other people, that you tried it. You believe that that was the right chance to take and it didn't come into fruition. And that's okay. Yeah. And so they're like the same thing with you is that I hear your parents like maybe are being okay now. But how much of that is in hindsight because you've done well? And so how do we say stay strong in moments when they keep coming back to you? I mean, I still get my dad, probably not anymore. But even when I told him I didn't want children, Mm. he was he's still still when I said, Dad, we've chosen not to have kids. But being Greek Orthodox, he couldn't imagine a world that a woman would choose to not have children. So he would still ask me, even though I said I wasn't going to have any. So the constant pressures of family. Yes. Um, I was just wondering how you navigate those even as an adult. Well, first of all, thank you for modeling your authentic life. Because again, it shows me what is possible mm. and like makes the environment so wonderful for everyone mm. else to just choose whatever they want, which mm. is what I think nature intended is for all of us to just do what we desire, of course, with love uh, mm-hmm. and care. Um, one of the things that has taught me the most in my life is my Tom. Yeah, you, <laughs> so I was like listening to your, well. your podcast about like your dad not accepting your Tom. I was like, wait, I know that exact story. <laughs> my dad also doesn't like, Except your Tom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're still in process. So I'll be mindful of how I share the story, but cause I want to respect my parents and their process. And I also cannot any longer silence my love for Tom and our relationship. I actually felt very, we've been together four years. And if people were to look at my socials, I'm just really starting to lean in because I was navigating so many different opinions all around me from Tom to my, my family, mostly like my family. And, um, I couldn't hear my voice anymore. And so Recently, I just was like, I need, I need everyone to just give me space to figure out what I want and on what terms. And when I say that, it's about how do I want my family to now meet my partner after four years of not meeting him? What are the dynamics? What are the questions that I'm going to be okay with them asking him? Like, I'm protective of Tom. I'm, prote- I'm protective of this beautiful relationship we have. And I, I, So I'm trying to figure out those dynamics. And I actually went on tour with Abby Wambach and Glennon Doyle on the Together Live tour. And I had fallen in love with Tom as Abby and Glennon were really pronouncing their love for each other in public. And so they were really encouraging to me about really just leaning into my heart and following that. Um, But falling in love with Tom and then having my family not be able to fully accept him. And they're getting ready to open the doors of talking to him. And so I'm trying to understand what I want. So that'll be a whole journey for me is like, what are my boundaries? But this process has taught me like to completely choose me and my path at the cost of disappointing my mom, my dad, my whole like family, and even maybe being judged or from the outside, like the you know, even accepting maybe they talk about our relationship outside of me knowing and maybe not talking about it well, like that's heartbreaking, but also so strengthening. Ooh, so, what do you mean by that? How is that strengthening? So it's strengthening because I have to live with that and I still have to find joy every day. Mm-hmm. I still got to write my songs, still got to run my business, but to be able to walk forwards and to 
do this crazy thing of trying to love them regardless and accept them and be okay with it and love active actively love through action um ritual and showing up anyway when they don't accept all of me and i don't recommend this for everyone because i know there are some people who've told me like they're like my presence is a gift i'm cutting it out if they can't accept mm. i also am navigating cultural lines that I'm not sure I'm like is this my culture that is making this really hard or is this just my family I don't know and so the only way I can or both the only way I can figure out is actually engaging and showing up which takes more calories takes more time and energy but I find it worth it for me to look into it and so I'm all working with my therapist on how much do I go there and give and and um how much do I protect? And so it's like this constant dance and it's like the music industry. You never really know where you stand and it's kind of like stressful and, but also wonderful and filled with emotion and richness. And so I just, I guess I'm used to doing this like dance a bit. And that's why I think my practice with joy and my friendships are so deep is because I know what it feels like to have conditional acceptance, like what you're talking about. Like, what if your marriage, like, what if you, you two weren't financially successful? Like, what mm. would that look like? Like, and so I approach my friendships with this unconditional love that I hungered for and hunger for, but I get it from my friends now, mm. my chosen family. And I get it with Tom, like really practicing that. I feel like not, not receiving that acceptance has given me the gift of compassion. Um, cause I can see it when other people don't have it. I want them to be seen and heard. And can you accept it now because you've built so much confidence within yourself over time? Because I could imagine if you don't feel good about yourself, you don't, you have like tremendous insecurity. Doing what you just said would be almost like crippling if somebody rejects you. I think that's a really, really good point you brought up. I'm glad you brought it up because that is like a key point. My confidence. I think my confidence built through my relationship with my art, my music. Mm. Songwriting is like a direct like thermometer of my wellness. Like when I'm really well and in my life, in my flow, my music becomes pretty clear. Like in my relationship with how often I sit down to write, how often mm. I'm um, working on my craft. Like, like uh, I, I view songwriting like a devotional. It's almost like a daily prayer that I, I go to. Um, and because I've developed such a tight relationship, my songwriting is my homie. <laughs> um, because, because I've developed such a strong homie relationship with my art, I have faith in myself that I can take care of me. So I didn't have that faith in myself before, but then through this creative process, I've developed it. So I think we can write ourselves into existence. Like if we don't see it here, we can write it down. We can write the idea. Like you're writing stories, right? You're writing these beautiful stories into existence and it, it affects reality. Working to be confident and freaking badass can be very difficult. Now I get it, guys. I get it. Kicking ass and taking names takes energy. But when it comes to micronutrients, you're like, wait, how much vitamin B do I need? It can be a daily freaking struggle to figure out and meet that perfect nutrition balance that you need to feel strong, focused and energized, which, of course, are all the things you need to become a freaking confident badass. So it's time to arm your body with every nutrient it absolutely deserves with AG1. 
Now, if you're a long-time listener, you might know that I've actually been supporting AG1 for many years now. And that's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So if you want to take ownership of your life, that actually means you have to take ownership over your health. And it all starts, guys, with AG1. So guys, go and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go now to drinkag1.com slash Lisa. That's drinkag1.com slash Lisa. Go check it out. What up, my homie? First, I just want to actually thank you. Like from the bottom of my heart, sincerely, absolutely thank you for your support, your support for me, your support for the show, Women of Impact. Like you have no actual idea how much this really means to me when I had that original vision of what I wanted to do and no one was listening. So thank you. Thank you for being here and actually supporting other women along this journey. And I'm going to be honest, if you actually want to level up your confidence game, my homie, then check out Women of Impact's subscription channel. It's specifically designed to help you in every aspect that you're looking for. Now, here's what you get. You get new episodes delivered ad-free. You get exclusive access to listen to Women of Impact roundtable discussions, weekly motivation, previously unreleased episodes, and that's just the beginning. Subscriber only access to an additional four podcasts with hundreds of archived Women of Impact episodes meticulously, meticulously curated into theme playlists and updated weekly so that you get the dose that you need. So if you're looking to boost your confidence, then go and check out the Get Confidence playlist. If you want to repair, heal or start a relationship, then go check out Love Lab. And if you're wondering how you get your health back on track so that you can keep showing up to have the confidence that you're looking for, then go check out Health Hub. And of course, this wouldn't be complete without my weekly boost of mini motivations from moi. That's right. It will have you strutting down the street with your head held high, feeling like a freaking badass. And guess what the playlist is called? the badass boost of course so guys don't settle for mediocrity when you can absolutely be extraordinary so guys subscribe to women of impact channel today on apple Podcasts or supercast but no matter where you're listening guys whether it's apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music or any other platform make sure you're following so you don't miss out on other episodes and don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on this episode our incredible sponsors and upcoming events